The show is not perfect fortnightly. In this episode, Don, Eric, and Stephanie Straw talk a lot about superhero stuff, music, and sailing the briny seas. Hey, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash obg. Everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs, which we appreciate. Thanks. Hello, everybody. I'm Donald Dennis, and you can find me all over the wilds of the internet. Uh, today, for this wonderful, exciting Inverse Genius Fortnightly, I have two folks I'm glad to bring back. Uh, we're going to start with, hey, Eric, how you doing? Hey, Don, I'm doing great. How's life in beautiful Polly's Island, South Carolina? A little chilly right now, a little chilly right now. Um, you know, uh, though I, I don't imagine it's as cold as where you are or where our other guest is. But first, real quick, Eric, where can you be found? I am right behind you all the time. But on the internet, you can find me at ericdewey.com. Nice. Let's let's go to someone not quite so creepy as Eric. <laughs> and hello, Stephanie. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Wow. All right. That's that's the low-key entrance I was not expecting. <laughs> there we go. You can find me right in front of you all of the time. <laughs> wow. You're surrounded. Like a sandwich today. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so uh, do you have a spot on the internet where you would like to be found? Sure. I am Steph Straw Games uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, nice. And then if you know me, I have another secret handle that you can find me at. But <gasps> Steph Straw Games is, is, the, is the base one. Okay. You do know. I, I'll remind you. Later. After yes. the show. Yeah. Off mic. Okay. All <laughs> right. How you know you've leveled up is if you know that's the secret uh, Stephanie connection. Yeah. That's how you know you've gotten old when you've forgotten it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, excellent. Uh, one thing we do at the beginning of these is talk uh, back about some of the things that we've mentioned before and said, hey, uh, this is happening again or whatever. And so there's a new British baking show. Uh, with professionals on it that I just saw has dropped and I have not yet gotten to watch any episodes on it, but I know that we talk about that show with some frequency on the fortnightly. So uh, yeah, uh, check that out. Let, let us know what you think of it. Uh, is there any old stuff that we've previously mentioned or stuff that you don't want to use as your whole topic that you all would like to drop in here right now? So uh, Bruce was talking about the reboot of night court, uh, which Amy mm -hmm. and I have been watching fairly faithfully. And have been enjoying it. I liked Bruce's point about, you know, when the nostalgia wears off, will the show be able to carry itself? Um, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see. The characters are still kind of defining themselves, but they're getting to be better. Definitely enjoying the show. Um, so, yeah, I'm liking uh, Night Court. Nice. Where is Night, Night Court? What's that on? NBC and or Peacock. Oh, okay. Uh, so when last you were on, we talked, I don't remember whether it was scotch or anime or both. Uh, do you have any updates on either of those that you'd like to drop in? So our listeners oh, can look gosh. for something exciting. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, no new scotch notes, nothing. Mm. Um, I probably really haven't even had much scotch since then. I don't really drink that much, but, uh, and yeah, I don't, I've actually I haven't really watched a lot of anime. I need to get back into that. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking about what we talked about um, 
yesterday when we were talking about the show, uh, I was thinking about your mead. Mm. Mm-hmm. His need yeah. for mead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always song. think of you and I think of mead. Hooray. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. Though I, I also really haven't been drinking all that much. I keep having a day at work thinking, you know, when I get home, I'm going to have a margarita. And then I forget. So it's the best uh, kind of drinking. I've, I've been called a horrible alcoholic and which is that I'm horrible at being an alcoholic as opposed to being a horrible alcoholic. Uh, you know, so. That's fantastic. Uh, it's almost like you did have the margarita, you know? It is, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, another thing. No, I completely forgot what I was going to talk about. So, Hey Eric, save me from hey. this. What are you excited about? <laughs> All righty. I got a few things actually I'm excited about. So strap in. This will be kind of right. cool. So uh, since I work from home, I've gotten to the habit of during lunch, firing up Netflix or Prime or whatever streaming service and watching something. And so one of the things that I watched was a show on Netflix called The Imperfects. And the premise mm. behind this show is there's a, these group of teenagers uh, late teens, and they had some sort of genetic disorder and they were taking some medication for it. Uh, and then the medication dries up and suddenly they exhibit superpowers. And so they are now on a quest to figure out what is going on. And more importantly, how can they get their medicine to kind of help them because their superpowers are problematic in their lives. And along the way, you find evil government corporation thingies and crazy scientists and more people with superpowers and on and on. Have either of you watched it? It's called the imperfects. Correct. I feel like I've heard of that. It's on Netflix. Hmm. It has been watched in this house, but not by me. Gotcha. Mm. So a couple of things I really liked about it. The, the three main characters I I really enjoyed. They had some fun uh, personalities that kind of branched out. Uh, and especially dealing with their powers. Like for instance, one was a punk rock singer and she developed super hearing and it basically cripples her because everything's so loud. She can't sing, she can't do anything. So she walks mm. around with, with ear, you know, gun muffs on to, to lessen things. And uh, so anyway, that kind of stuff was fun. It's well done, but also the soundtrack is just amazing. Uh, they have all kinds of great sort of, I don't want to say indie songs, but there's a lot of good indie music in there. A lot of female led music as well. Oh my gosh. At the end of one episode, there's this band called the warning, which are these three Mexican sisters. They do a cover of Metallica's enter Sandman. That is just phenomenal. Um, so mm-hmm. I, that's fun. I really like the imperfects with one small exception. And this is something I'm noticing in a lot of series that are going, you know, straight to streaming is you, you resolve everything on the final episode. And then in the last 10 minutes, because you want to set up a stinger for season two, uh, you undo a lot of the crap that you've just resolved. Uh, the imperfects Mm. does this somewhat. I watched another show called in from the cold about this Soviet spy who was, uh, basically, like a deep cover spy. And eventually she just becomes an American and then has to go back into, to it. And the show was great, except the very end basically undid absolutely everything you saw in the previous eight episodes. So that was, that was a bit disappointing for that one. So the imperfects does kind of set up a season two. I was going to say, that's exactly why I started to hate heroes, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. After heroes season one, they're like, Oh, we have no uh, internal fortitude to actually stick with the changes that we have done. We're going to reset everything. 
And uh, that just, that continues to upset me. Yeah, Heroes had the problem with that writer strike, though, too. I mean, that that, that was also it was, a thing. It was paused yeah. for a really long time, <laughs> and then it came back, and it just didn't didn't really come out swinging uh, after all that. But um, Eric, it sounds like the show is not perfect. Oh, <laughs> nice. You're right. You're right. Um, the show needs honest- some medicine. <laughs> if you ended it. Like, like I said, five minutes before the ending, I think it would have been a really happy and satisfying ending. Uh, as it is, if they do have a season two, they're going to have to really kind of make some good, story, strong story points to sort of undo everything they did in the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find myself not wanting to get invested in the straight to streaming series too much unless they're very short like eight episodes are like self-contained like the white Lotus, which is season one and it's a season one and then it's a season two and it's a season two. And they're kind of a continuation, but um, really they're kind of separate seasons. Um, And those I can get into because otherwise I get stuck watching some show that's like not great and basically does what you just described for like five seasons, you know? Right. Yes. And I just can't handle that roller coaster. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I could I could understand that. It's sad when they just don't know how to end it and then move on, right? Or to to sort of tie that previous part into a bow and then rebuild the world afterwards instead of just literally reconstructing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we we could make like a whole episode out of talking about how the changes <laughs> in remember how TV used to be, <laughs> you know, uh just because contracts and things were different, right? Like mm-hmm. just the world of, of TV just existed differently. I mean, I, I did, I'm not in that industry, so I guess I don't really, really know, but one can only assume that it, it works differently now, you know? Definitely. So, so how often do you all watch a show and you see one of the characters, like at the end of an episode or something is put in incredible peril and you go, Hmm, it must be contract negotiation time. <laughs> you're like, uh, yep. They're trying to decide whether or not they're keeping this actor around. Uh, you know, and also when a series gets kind of, kind of close to its end, they have all the characters do other things that are real world skills. Of those actors, like all of a sudden they'll start playing an instrument or they'll be doing something else that maybe they hadn't done too much previously in the series. They're like, oh, we need to show the versatility of this actor uh, or have an episode where, where they go crazy or they do something like that just to just to expand it. And so it's either eh, we're trying to punish the actors or threaten them or we're trying to build them up. It's probably not the way it works, but I always seem to see those patterns. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, what was the show? Good girls, bad girls, uh, Christina Hendricks and Retta and, uh, right. where they were accidentally basically steal money from this gang. And uh, I was watching it and, you know, they resolved this. Okay. We've, we've stolen the money. We've given it back. You know, that, that storyline is resolved. And then like the next episode, they're like, you know, we could launder this money for you. And I was like, you're getting right back into the situations you were trying to get out of. You people have learned nothing. I had to walk away from the show. <laughs> <laughs> Drove me crazy. Yeah. I think I eventually left, left it as well. It was, it was always fun to see the interactions of the character, but just the frustration of the, yes. Hey, let's, let's not learn. Yes, exactly. But then I look at my life and I like, there's a lot I haven't learned either. And so maybe it's not unrealistic. It's just frustrating when it's like how my guardian angel must feel, you know, it's like, you have <laughs> not learned this again, yet. Again. That's right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would launder money, you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm too much of a coward. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. maybe I would. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't completely oh, understand it, so it's probably best if I don't. <laughs> there you go. Well, go watch the Ozarks, and uh, you still won't uh, necessarily understand it, but you'll have a much more healthy fear of it. So, on the other end of the spectrum <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh, happy shows, uh, I also started watching Stargirl. Uh, I think HBO Max is streaming that one. And uh, mm-hmm. I have a hit or miss relationship with the CW shows. I really like Green Arrow, the character. I watched a couple of seasons of Arrow and enjoyed it, but it was just so dark, so gritty and gloomy that I walked away from it. I heard bad things about Flash. Uh, I forget some of the other shows, but I did like the Legends of Tomorrow where they're doing the time travel stuff. It was goofy fun. So, and I did like the character of Stargirl and I really liked the JSA. So I thought, oh, I'll give this one a try. And I got to tell you, I really like this show. This show is, is nicely hitting on all of the nostalgia s- cylinders that it needs to hit on. There are so many great little just one shot references to the comics um, that if you know them, it's cool. And if you don't, it's not a big deal. Uh, basically, you're dealing with Courtney, who's th- who's this 15-year-old girl with the cosmic rod. So she's learning how to use the superpower. And she basically tries to reform the JSA who get killed. And one mm-hmm. of the sidekicks, uh, who's Luke Owen, uh, is comes in and he's, he's basically her stepdad. And he's going to try and help her and for try and protect her as well. Uh, and so they form this little mini JSA and, and off they go thwarting evil. And uh, so far been a lot of fun. I'm about halfway through the second season. I think there's four seasons total. So I liked, I liked star girl. Nice. Um, cool. i have to check that out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the, the flash, the flash is pretty good. The problem is, is that to fight Someone who is as super powered and as fast as the Flash, you almost always have to put him up against another speedster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of oh, once again, Flash is going after someone who's super fast, or what have you. So yep. yeah, yeah, or, or I guess someone that can like futz with that, you know, so, someone that can mess that up for him yeah. somehow. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, around that time, I just didn't, I didn't watch Flash. I didn't watch. Green Arrow. I didn't watch um, Shield. I didn't watch so many things that were coming out <laughs> at that time. I think it was just it was like it was so much, and there's like a whole cardboard and red string like order that you have to like go yes. in to like <laughs> not spoil things, and you know, well. and it just uh, it <laughs> it became too much. Um, so I just I just stopped, and then now I feel so behind that I have so, to like go and watch them all to like get them all and you fully don't. understand them all. It's very comic book I'm, actually. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm giving it's you permission. Comic book <laughs> crossovers. <laughs> I'm giving you permission to not worry about it. Pick what you like, watch it. Cause that happened to me all the time on legends of tomorrow. Like you'd be watching it. There'd be a pause in the storyline. The next episode is some crisis. Like every season they'd have a big crossover. So this was their episode where you have no idea what happened before, or what happened to end. And then you move on to the next show and they forget all about what happened previously. Uh, now that's, what I like. th- that's Eric, you're, you're absolutely correct. You don't need to worry about watching all of the other shows. I did find that, that finding the other crossover episodes and watching just those and the other seasons was kind can of fun. Be fun. Yeah, I can see you that. Know, not mandatory. I mean, because first of all, legends of tomorrow is sort of a beautiful, hot mess. 
All right. Yes. There is yes. nothing about Legends Tomorrow that feels well executed in any way, shape, or form, but it does feel like they're having fun and they put out a show that is fun to watch, which I guess is really all that you can ask for with your capes and uh, you know, and laser blasters type of adventures. Especially when it includes time travel. You know, time travel right? means you're yeah. never late, but they really yeah. You're always late. <laughs> always late. They don't understand how time travel works or what your capabilities mm-hmm. are. So yeah, exactly right. It is a hot mess, but it's but they're having fun doing it. I mean, shoot, there's an episode where they're all turned into puppets for one for one episode. So and and each of the different DC properties, actually DC is probably going to be what I'm going to change what I'm excited to talk about here. Um, that uh, each one of the different shows had a, a pretty different feel to it. The Supergirl show uh, had you know a much sort of different. Well, it was a lot different from any of the Arrowverse stuff because yeah, the Arrowverse, the first season of green arrow was amazing. Uh, the second season was okay. And then after that, it, it fell apart pretty hard. I think. Yeah. Well, Supergirl's in a whole other dimension. Right. Well. Yes. But it worked. It was neat. It was sort of brighter and shinier and, you know, a little less Batman. So that is the funny thing about star girl is that they always talk about how things happened like 10 years ago. All right. So 10 years ago is, 2000s <laughs> but they always throw in enough stuff to make it look like at the 50s like the town this the town that they're sort of based in is kind of a small town nebraska and it's got a diner and the main character still drives a 56 car you know so there's always all these nods to sort of the original comics whereas they say yeah really this is in the 2000s but we're making it kind of touch that timelessness that comic books have you know how long has spider-man been protecting new york city well he's been protecting it since the 60s but in reality it was always like you know 10 years ago kind of thing he's always a teenager or a college student right you know? yeah. yeah exactly so. and if i could have stayed in college that long without you know being buried under crippling debt well anyway uh different right? topic. yeah i would i would honestly i would be a is a full-time student a job like is that a thing I would it is. It. It's just a lot of ramen noodles <laughs> and tea. <laughs> yeah. I would do it. <laughs> I would. I would learn forever. That would be great. Um. So, Eric, did you have something else, or should I jump in with the DC stuff real quick? I do have one more thing, but it's not. Yeah, it's just it's music related. So, let's do your DC thing. All right. So, uh, James Gunn made an announcement uh, just the other day about. All of the stuff that is coming up for the new DC Extended Universe or whatever it is. Um, And it includes some pretty amazing things. I'm super excited to see just the great variety of stuff. Uh, They are not killing all of the Batman, everything with the new Batverse stuff. But they are doing something else with the Brave and the Bold, which is going to introduce the Dark Robin, his son, uh, and... The rest of the Bat family, they're going to do Booster Gold. Uh, they're doing, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the monsters who fight in World War II, though I think they're updating that. Uh, Monster Squad. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, And so they're, they're doing a whole series on Waller. They're doing a bunch of Green Lantern stuff. What it sounds like is that with James Gunn sort of being put as, as half of the, the people up top, is that they're greenlighting a bunch of stuff just a wide shotgun burst of stuff. Some of which is going to be weird. Some of which is leaning into, you know, some of the deeper lore and, Oh, they're doing a swamp thing. 
uh, episode as well. And, or I don't know whether it's a series or a movie. Um, well, they but, tried a series, but it didn't end yeah. up really working and the, out. And the old and the movie from way back when was just truly awful. Uh, no, it wasn't truly awful. I mean, you got to remember it this was in the eighties. It was not truly, truly awful. awful. I because there were no so good. good. There were no good hate, superhero movies except for Superman and maybe I hated it now. then. I hate it now. It was truly awful. Um, <laughs> I think I loved it because it was awful. My friends loved it because it made me angry. That's <laughs> so. Um, but uh, good to hear Green Lantern stuff. I, I think that's yes. actually, that's a fun. The Green Lantern, the whole idea is fun, right? I, I, I just I love Green Lanterns. And actually, that that series. So the whole the whole premise of that one is it's uh, the Beat Cops, two Green Lanterns who work our sector of space, who are solving crimes or something in and around Earth. But it's just called Lanterns. It doesn't say Green Lantern in the title. So yeah, I think other that colors. Immediately yeah. going to lean into the other stuff, and I bet that it's going to sort of be the infinity stone saga of the DCU is that that's going to be sort of the core. And it feels like they're building in the possibility for all of these other elements to, to actually turn into a bigger universe as opposed to, Hey, we're going to ignore that everything exists. And then we're just going to put out a, a combined superhero movie, which right. is what, uh, which is what DC tried before. And it, well, people will argue about the, the success or failure of that. The, a buddy cop lanterns oh, yes. show right? or movie would be awesome. <laughs> and the, the thing, the thing about the swamp thing is that in one of the, one of the runs swamp thing was a white lantern. So, you know, that has a lot of potential too, if they're building up on that, that whole premise. So who knows what they're going to be doing with it. I am just, I want to be able to continue to cheer for DC the way that I have with the Peacemaker show and with the, the last uh, Suicide Squad and the first Wonder Woman movie. I want to be able to say that, that these even, you know, even if they end up not being some of the stuff I like, that they're still well-made and, and, and have high quality, which is not something I feel like I've been able to say a whole lot of. Yeah, uh, no, you hit the things. highlights. You hit them, all three of them. <laughs> really, really right there. <laughs> right, and, and you can put the Aquaman movie Shazam. in the not completely horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, Aquaman. Shazam. I think we purposely left that one out, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shazam. Oh. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, no, he didn't say Black Adam. He said Shazam. So <laughs> yep. that, that's fair. Um, uh, it is kind of funny how, how vocal The Rock was, and now all of a sudden he's not completely involved at all uh, with anything that's going forward. So who knows what will happen? Indeed. So, and they can't fire the guy who's the flash Ezra Miller. Cause he's in rehab. And apparently uh, the way that the union town works over there is you're unable to fire people when they're under, undergoing treatment. So we'll see if they survive it. I apologize. Uh, if, uh, if they survive the whole thing after, after they get out of rehab. So, Oh, well, interesting. Yeah. Rough weeks. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I'm excited about. I can't wait to see what happens with DC, and I I didn't think that I'd be saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm even there with Batman um, to to see where they're leading into. Yeah. From after the Batman, so I'm I'm like I'm you know I I loved DC heavy. I was DC mm-hmm. heavy growing up uh, because I just think that they have mostly because the villains. The villains are so fun. I I mostly read DC 
growing up. Um, I also just thought that blue and red clashed. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Spider-Man. No, you take that back. You know, from <laughs> me. Take that back. Uh, <laughs> when I was younger, when I was younger, when I was younger, I love Spider-Man now, especially Miles Morales. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I loved Batman and, and, and um, other DC stuff. Just, I, I just thought that they had really, really, really great villains and then they still do. And then Marvel was better at like heroes, like one hero, right. you know? So I, 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 I liked having seen all the other different folks than just like following right. the one hero. It but, seems like, um, but yeah, so like I root for DC. It you seems know? like DC heroes are always overpowered. Uh, Marvel heroes are always flawed in a way that is relatable and DC, DC so villains make a yeah. lot of sense. You're going, Oh, you make a point there. Uh, you know, so, Oh, they're doing booster gold and they're doing the blue beetle too. Also two of the great. Yeah. Blue beetle. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I've been let down a lot, but I'm still there. I'm still, <laughs> still hopeful. Well, we're really sounding like we're, uh, <laughs> What's the term? Um, oh, forget yeah. it. Move on. Jaded? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I know. I don't know of any Marvel fans who don't want DC movies to be good, right? But I know some some of the diehard. Not most most DC fans aren't like this, right? But there's that vocal diehard DC minority who hate everything Marvel and and a, and and are bitter about Marvel's successes. Whereas you can feel a bunch of the Marvel fans going, yes, I may hate what you're doing, but I want you to be better. And I, and I know that you can be a better person, DC, come on, let's do this. And I think this is the opportunity for mm-hmm. it to be, uh, be pretty amazing. Now I am worried that, that, uh, Gunn's hand is going to be too deep into everything and it's all going to start feeling like that. But if he can sort of step back right. a little bit and let the darker DC be dark, the funny DC be funny and just make sure there's a great variety then I have high hopes that it'll be exciting. I won't mind if if a third of all the DC movies are still dark, monochrome, and barely legible on screen, as long as I also get the bright, <laughs> uh, you know, energetic people who are yep. excited to use their power as people as well. So, yeah, the like teenage mutant ninja turtle yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess that's actually that was really dark. Oh, the original the black and white were, comics were they were uh, black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were real dark. Yeah. Codependent was the word I was trying to think of. We're codependent <laughs> on the DC universe. It's like, well, this one sucked, but maybe the next one will be okay. I believe in <laughs> I think I'm just realistic on what's good and what's bad. In both in Marvel and DC. But I, I, I want it all to keep I don't I'm not like yeah. it should stop, you know. Keep it coming, but you know, let's just Let's just try a little harder. What next I really time. want is DC to Fellas, be great okay? in a different way than Marvel is great. And then I want them to. Right. Yeah. That's all I want. You get your chocolate and your peanuts mm-hmm. or your apples and your oranges. Yes. All right. So, uh, Eric, did you want to finish up with the other thing you were excited about? And then we'll let Stephanie tell us. Yeah. I've got one last thing, and that is a band called Metric. They are a Canadian. Uh, I don't know, electro pop band, I guess is the best way to put it rock band. But um, probably the most known thing they did is in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the envy and her, her band there, uh, the song that they played, that's metric. It's a song called black sheep, but it keeps popping up in my Pandora stream. And I've just gotten to where I just really like it. It's very synth pop. Uh, the lead singer has a 
beautiful voice and the lyrics are pretty uh, interesting as well. It's kind of along the same realms as like Silver Sun pickups for that atmospheric kind of, uh, but there's a lot of just great songs. And I just keep finding myself buying more and more albums, hearing more and more songs and just enjoying them. And uh, so I strongly have been having fun with Metric these last uh, few months. You buy music? I buy I buy CDs, to be honest with you. I rip them and put them on my phone or Amazon will just let me download them immediately. But I like having the physical CDs so that if something somehow or another Big Brother decides I shouldn't have this music anymore, I could still play my CDs. That is yeah. fascinating. <laughs> is that a whole other issue? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the cassette. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I- I do actually still have a boom box with a cassette player, but I don't have any. Uh, actually, the only cassettes that I do still have are recordings of our gaming sessions. Apparently, we did for a short period of time. Hmm. Talk about a boring, uh, boring listen. But uh, you're saying we could have had actually yeah. content but I do like CDs. all this time. Yeah, we what? We could. It's out there. <laughs> we could be listening to this archaic want- Eric. Yeah, Content. 1990s era's Rollmaster campaign. Yep, it'll. You want to hear half the time spent arguing and half the time dealing with fights? Then that's exactly what you can get. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like your standard tabletop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, take a head on over to uh, YouTube. Type in Metric. Look at some of their songs. There's some some live al- uh, live concert footage of them as well, and. Just see if you enjoy cool. it like I do. Yeah, I like Silver Sun pickups. If it's got that vibe, probably be yep. into it. Definitely. I've been listening to a lot of metal lately. Oh, um, now you're I really want to go language. to a show, but there's nobody up here that listens to it that I know hmm. of. I or, Orbit Culture was was here in October, and I really wanted to go, but there's just nobody. I've never been. I've been to plenty of shows by myself, but I've never been to like a metal show by myself. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it would be, be fine. fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I don't know. It's not we got always tickets better with to, yeah, someone we got tickets to Skillet. Skillet will be here next month, so we're gonna go see them. Heck yeah, yeah. I've been I've been doing a lot of that lately. Sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll check out Metric. I have I've been Skillet, a like Alton taste. Brown's new tour. What is this? <laughs> no, it's a heavy metal band. <laughs> yeah. Again, go to YouTube. Eric, well, we're gonna, well, we'll have to talk more metal then. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that you were a metalhead. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do that. I, I don't like like the harder, harder stuff. You know, your Slipknots and stuff. They're fine, but they're not anything I like to listen to. But I do enjoy a lot of the symphonic stuff, uh, you know, where you, yeah, get, for you sure. get a lot of the melodies and things in there. Sometimes it's a little pretentious. We were mentioning the word pretentious beforehand. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then of course you know, child of the '80s. So any kind of, generally speaking, any hair metal that's well done, I really like. Nice, right? Yeah, I grew up on that too. Yeah, I said, "Thanks, Columbia House, for this." Yes, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up with a tape of Crocus because I didn't put it in the card, and that was the one that they did a cover of Alice Cooper's "Schools Out." I was like, "Man, I like this album." Every year at the end of the school, I would play that song. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Brokus. <laughs> the days. Well, all right. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. <laughs> Poor Don. He's going to sit there with his sea shanties and his Ren Fair music and just ignore the Don't rest of it. Don't you doubt it. Some ska, you know? But, you know, hey. Ska. 
Oh, Stephanie, please move us along. <laughs> well, speaking of the sea shanties, did I mention, um, did I talk about Sea of Thieves, video game oh, Sea no. of Thieves at all Not last time? Okay, I don't think so. So I have been playing a bunch of that. Sea of Thieves is um, a uh, multiplayer online game, uh, adventure game where you get to be a pirate. It's made by Rare Games, which it's a it's a far departure from their other games like uh, Banjo Kazooie and Conker's Bad Fur Day, and um, <clears throat> they they have kind of a sort of a list of titles if you're familiar with them that are all very very different, but. Um, see if this is cool. Yeah, you you get online. You're a pirate. You're generated onto a server with um, up to four other boats, uh, and you can. Uh, what I like about this game is you can kind of PVE, which is player versus environment, or you can PVP, player versus player, because um, you're all pirates. So really, pirates want to get loot, and sometimes the getting loot is the loot that didn't start out being their loot. It's someone else's loot. Um, and then you go turn that in. So, um, yeah, what's neat about that game is it's it's different. Every time you log on, you could log on and not see another ship for hours. Uh, or you could log on and it's uh, you're constantly seeing ships and constantly in battle. Uh, maybe they want to fight. Maybe they don't want to fight. Um, you can form alliances and kind of share share the cost of loot. Uh, but it's it's really cool. The art style is... Not realistic. It's kind of cartoony, I guess, but not reminds me of not like kitty cartoony. Like not like to right. me Fortnite. You know, not that a video game is like for kids or for adults, but <laughs> Fortnite always struck me as very like Saturday morning cartoons to me. Yeah. Um. So so it is animated, but it's but it's not quite like that. It reminds me a lot of the Fable games. Those have kind of that similar style, I think. Yeah, yeah, like it's a little exaggerated, right? Like it's yeah. not super realistic, but um, but I, 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 more muted tones, you know. Uh, it's actually really gorgeous. Like I have a friend that plays, and he just sails around in the game. <laughs> I mean, it's some of the screenshots of it are, are are truly beautiful. I mean, it's the water and the sunrise and uh, you know, the sky. It's it it really it looks awesome, and the islands are beautiful to look at most of them unless you're in the volcanic area but um <laughs> the one the, the ones in like the lush uh area are just you know super gorgeous um to look at and you can fight skeletons and ghost captains and things like that or or you can you know my friends and i generally we do uh, what i like to call friendly mm -hmm. pvp well pvp with people that have like a ton of loot on board um so people that are of value but if they're kind of new, um, you can you can talk to each other in game. So um, it can be a little toxic at times. But um, if if they're new, we kind of let them go. We don't really mess with them. You know, we don't want to sink them or um, take their loot and stuff like that. But if they seem like they're experienced and they're up for a fun battle, um, then yeah, we're usually down for a fight and down to hopefully sink them and turn in their loot. 
for or spend a lot of time with the hammer and nailing boards back onto your ship. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's, I I like that too because there's kind of different positions for you on the ship. You know, you can uh, you've got to have someone at helm, so someone's driving, and they're generally kind of the project manager. So they're going raise this sail. You know, hey, okay, start firing. Uh, we're gonna have shots on the left in a second. You know, that kind of thing. Or you can kind of bilge, which is the planking, planking the holes, fixing the holes, repairing repairing the ship, uh, putting out fires that happen on the ship, or you can be a cannoneer, be on cannons, shooting the other ship, or you can board them. So you can shoot yourself out of the cannons <laughs> <laughs> and you can go board the other ship and <clears throat> mess with them, loot their, loot their supply barrels and uh, anchor them to stop them and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a lot of fun. If there's any listeners out there that have played it, uh, let me know what you think about it. Cause I just, I think it's, there's no, there's really no other game like it. Honestly, I've only I played it a little game. bit, uh, and at work cause we've, we've got the Xboxes there and it was fun, but you know, I can't sit around playing all day at work and I didn't know any friends who were playing it outside of work. So if, if, if there are people out there who want to play, let me know. Cause it is piratey. So it's kind of right up my alley. <laughs> I'm You're already, already in. in. Yep. Um, you just would have to put up with my incredibly bad curve at learning things. Uh, I will get a sunk shot and uh, probably drown in the ocean multiple times before, uh, uh, before it's all done. But that doesn't mean we won't have fun. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the deal about it is uh, we, we have fun when we sink, uh, you know, regardless, especially if, it, if we, if we put so. up a good fight. So, um, yeah, you're you're welcome to join Woo-hoo. our crew, sing some shanties with us, and drink some grog. Uh, yes, when I remember. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, you know, I, there was one thing I was going to talk about at the beginning of the show that I was I was going to drop out because of the whole James Gunn thing. But um, I don't know. Did you have anything else to say about Sea of Thieves before before I decided to go ahead and talk about Glass Onion? No, not really. Um, I just, you know, it's it's a it's a good game. You should check it out um, if you're if you're interested in that kind of experience. It, it can be, you know, wildly different, but just know that you know PvP can always right. happen. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely one of those games. But ge- generally, it's not toxic. Generally, it's it's pretty good natured. Just just friendly old pirate stuff. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, all right, uh, yeah. So I do. I want to talk about uh, Benoit Blanc and. Uh, knives out and glass onion because i'm pretty sure we talked about knives out previously uh when we were doing the show but if not anyway uh what these are is a couple of movies and uh, knives uh knives out no sorry glass onion and knives out mystery was released into the theaters very briefly and then it was up on netflix and it's a mystery that sort of feels like in the style of hey world's greatest detective shows up uh, is going through the, the steps, uh, except for in the first movie, he is apparently fairly incompetent until you realize midway through when they show you, oh, here's the twist. They catch you up to what actually is going on, and you sort of get to see the rest of the movie in a unique perspective. And that's sort of the kind of thing that they, they play through with, with Glass Onion. But the characters are big and bold and entertaining, uh, they they get some big names who are part of it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was part of the first one, and uh, they have Catherine Hahn and Batista and uh, some other fine folks. Uh, mm-hmm. Ed Norton join um, the uh, the cast for Glass Onion, and 
I just sort of like this sort of refresh of the mystery thing. Have you have you all seen these? Yep. Of the Who Done It? Yeah. Yes, I've, I've seen I've seen both of them and, and loved them. I was very looking forward to Glass Onion um, because I, I loved the first one so much. Yeah. I, I agree. I really love Knives Out. It was interesting because in Knives Out, I did not care for the main character, for Daniel Craig's character. He was fine, but the accent seemed hokey. And but by the end of the episode, by the end of the movie, he grew right. on me, right? And uh, and uh, and definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the characters. And then in Glass Onion, it was kind of like, all right, now we're going to turn it up to ten. Uh, I, I enjoyed his character mm. from the mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, he definitely is that mixture of Sherlock Holmes and Columbo. Yes, kind of yes. Thing. <laughs> I get that too, but he's not as excitable, right? Yes. Like, I feel like Columbo is so like, I'm going to, you know, like, I, I love Columbo, but I feel like Columbo is so like, I'm going to get in there. But he's he's so, uh, Blanc's character is like, laid back, chill, I'm observing. And then at some point he's like, it's like that Jim Carrey moment in when nature calls, when he's like, that's what you stepped in. That was what was on your vest. And that's what explains <laughs> the abrasion. You know, like he does yeah. that whole thing. Like mm-hmm. he kind of does that unravel moment, um, which yeah, is, is really neat and really cool. Especially if you kind of have been paying attention or like, yeah, I noticed that. And I thought that was going to come into play. So it's, it's fun. My only Sort of, it's not even a complaint, but my the one thing that I don't like is that during the climax, it gets, uh, it just keeps going over the top and a little bit um, farther than it probably should go. Is kind of the way in I Glass felt. Onion both, specifically, or in both specifically of them? in Glass Onion, but Knives Out yeah. had its own moment as well. And it, it was like they were really trying to force this one thing that we, you know, the Chekhov gun thing at the beginning of the movie for the end of Knives Out. They're like, we really want to make this happen, and so uh, they did. And you're like, okay, I don't know that that's really the most realistic. And then in Glass Onion, I felt they just went like, you know what, <laughs> you know what we really should do, and then just that's went right. crazy with it. So. Uh, I that didn't bother. I can I can see what you're talking about. Didn't bother me. I mean, so, but Fair yeah. Enough. I mean, I'm I'm not not saying that your your observation is incorrect. But I was leaning into it as opposed to going, oh really? Which you know that's fair. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, they kind of went half in letting the audience kind of figure out, Oh, this is going to be important. I know this is, you you could kind of even be like, this is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? But then there's the other half that's like, you couldn't have guessed it, you know, that be in. Right. Right. (laughs) It's, it's it's totally behind the scenes and, you know, manufactured by them. So, uh, you you could not have guessed it at all. So there, there is, there is half of that and half the other stuff, which I think is what some people were upset about is like, Okay, well, you threw in a twist that we couldn't have seen coming. And it's so, like, well, yeah. yeah what, what I find interesting <laughs> about that is that what they throw in is not stuff that they have lied to you about, but it is <clears> stuff that they just they just cut the scenes at particular moments, right? And so when you see it all through, when they do the reveal, the, mid, the mid-show reveal, uh, you go, okay a lot more of this stuff that I thought that was bad acting now makes sense because of this other, this other thing was happening. Um, and you're right. 
It almost opens up into like yes. a second movie, in my opinion. Like the yeah. first half is like one movie, and then it's like they do the the mid movie reveal, kind of, you know. And then you're like, oh, okay, now we're in now we're in this movie, yep. and that's kind yep, of neat. Yep, yep. So, I can't wait to see what else they do with it. Um, I hope that the character gets enough. Yeah. name that uh that they don't have to call them knives out mysteries but they can instead you know just call it a benoit blanc uh mystery uh what a right. great name too um, <laughs> benoit uh, blanc makes me think of a so, pen a fancy oh <laughs> <laughs> well, i thought so i guess what i what i was running role-playing games at the convention a couple weeks back i kept dropping into more accents than I'd previously used. And the Southern accent featured very heavily in some of my scenarios, which is kind of dumb because I, one of them was paranoia. I was running paranoia and all of a sudden one of the clones had so, Southern So the funny accent. thing, <laughs> funny thing about accents. Uh, I was, a friend of mine is, is a, uh, into, in movies he does, he's assistant director or a location scout. And uh, he talks about, unless you're really trained or you practice a lot on accents, the longer you do an accent, the more they tend to fall into sort of a default accent. So in like your case, your default might be a Southern accent. So you may start off Cockney or Russian. And the longer, you know, as time goes on, that accent essentially becomes Southern by the end of right, it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, now whenever I do an accent, I feel that that, that indeed does That's happen. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I was with you at first with the, when he came out with the accent, um, uh, you know that it, it kind of he's kind of seemed pretentious you know maybe a little right. bit you're kind of like eh, who is this guy we're gonna listen to it, this yeah, the whole just, time <laughs> yeah it kind of grows on right. you you just it does did you ever see you logan lucky yeah. no i have not that was the first time daniel card got to do an accent um of that type uh though it's a little more a little less refined it's it's um but i recommend logan logan lucky as just as a movie, it's a it's a it's a heist movie uh, where they're going to rob the NASCAR track um, on the weekend of the big race, and uh, yeah, so I, I I recommend it. It's it's got uh, Adam Driver uh, and Channing Tatum, hmm. Tatum, and who else? Let's look at the, uh, Katie Holmes, Riley. Keaton. Wow, that's kind of yeah, an all-star I mean, roster. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of people who are. You know, you'll recognize playing the kinds of characters you wouldn't expect them to play. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. We'll add that on as a recommendation as well. So, All right. Do y'all have anything else you want to chat about? Or should we wrap this up and let people go watch these things we've talked about? Yeah, we've got 16 hours of stuff to watch now. <laughs> I, could keep ch- I could keep chatting forever. <laughs> There's so much there to watch. So much so many TV and movies to watch. All right. But uh, no, I think that's it for now until the next so, fortnight right, so or so. We'll uh, chat with everybody in uh, well, a fortnight, give or take. <laughs> uh, Eric, where can you be found? Find me at ericdewey.com. Hey, taxes are coming, so pull out the big book of everything. Fill, fill that out. Do it. And Stephanie. I am at Steph's Draw Games uh, oh. pretty much everywhere on the interwebs. And you can head on over to inversegenius.com and find out more about this show and our other shows like Onboard Games and the folks who create them. And uh, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.